You're listening to Connect on blogtalkradio.com. Catch us on the web at umconnect.info. Welcome to this episode of Connect. I'm Michael Rich, the Web and Communications Manager for the Western North Carolina Conference. And today we're going to be talking with Jonathan Coppage-Henley uh, about faith and music. Uh, he's serving right now as the associate at Huntersville United Methodist Church, and he's also uh, a general evangelist for the church. Um, he served a number of churches in our conference, and that included Etowah in the Blue Ridge District and First United Methodist Church in Charlotte. But what's really cool is on Sunday nights, he does this radio show from 10 to 12 p.m. called Road Signs on 1065 to end Charlotte's new rock alternative. So we got that in as the commercial. And so, Jonathan, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. Yeah. And so I'm an old radio guy. I go way back and I DJed uh, several times over my lifetime. Love music, love the radio format. And so I've got to ask you, what is your biggest musical influences? Well, I don't know. I mean, they, they certainly change over the years. Um, as a kid, I got in trouble in Sunday school because I had some questions about the story of Abraham and Isaac from Genesis. Um, my brother was 12 years older than me and left an album collection behind. And one of those albums was Bob Dylan's Highway 61 Revisited. Mm. And uh, so I was encouraged by my mother not to ask uh, many more questions in Sunday school because apparently that led to quite a discussion about the violence of the book of Genesis. I mean, I, I was nine, but I was still kind of interested. Uh, probably, you know, later on, my mom died when I was 16. And what I found was that um, in church, even though we had hymns, there was not a lot of language that could really access what I was dealing with as a teenager, having lost my mom and having, you know, a fairly, fairly distant relationship with my dad until the Joshua tree, you too. Mm. And uh, that for like so many people who had been raised in faith, uh, that was really kind of a seminal moment because it was, uh, it, they gave space for the questions and doubts that I had that still were formed because of belief. Mm -hmm. And then probably even after that, uh, I would have to say the, maybe the biggest influence on me um, you know, I mean, I could name a number of musical influences, uh, you know, even when I went to see, when I saw, this is a goofy thing. I saw Huey Lewis in the news in concert, but the guy that opened for him was Stevie Ray Vaughan oh, yeah. and it totally exploded my brain and turned me on the blues. And so those two, those two bands, if you put them together, what you get is Pearl Jam and, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so when Pearl Jam's 10 came out in 1991, I was teaching middle school and that album just completely floored me. And unlike any album, probably any album since then, I can't think of one that has hit me quite as hard as that particular album did back in 1991. Hmm. Yeah. And my musical influences are on the other way. I, I did read your blog and you had a, a piece on Sam Bush and, um, you had some of the other sort of new grass and uh, mm -hmm. bits. And so that whole genre of bluegrass and new grass back in the 80s, 90s, and the early 2000s was what influenced me. And actually, I had a radio show where I was getting to play that stuff regularly. Uh, nobody listened to it, but I got to play it. And uh, that was a, That's, a fun time in my life. It's really interesting because uh, having grown up in the mountains, I have such a deep 
love of bluegrass and uh, and and music. The thing about newgrass is that it crosses genres. Oh, without so a doubt. As, you know, as a kid, I, I, one of my earliest memories was there was was this convergence of cultures. My grandfather would sit around playing a claw hammer banjo. My dad would sit around with him playing a harmonica. And um, African-American fellow named Melvin would sit around singing spirituals over top of what the two of them were doing. It was, it was a weird, uh, it, it was weird maybe even for the mountains. It, it was, uh, and I think that that had a, that was a huge influence. I mean, I, I could talk about Sam Bush all day because almost every crisis that I get into emotionally or spiritually, Sam's got something for it. And one of the most, one of the most politically and socially and musically astute human beings you will ever find. And I could talk about him all day, but, but we have well, we won't, to though, answer. <laughs> we got a short show, but it is a fascinating thing. And music, you know, it is uh, the background of our lives. It is, you know, what keeps us going. Um, how is your faith and music connected, um, at least from your perspective? How, how do the two work for you? Um, a lot of different ways. Uh, as I mentioned, the U2 album and the, the, the two songs, the two first songs on that album, Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For is the second mm. one, and Where the Streets Have No Name is the first one. So much of my faith, um, as I've reflected on it over the years, in which you do in ministry and all kinds of reasons, um, and just as a follower of Jesus, I believe that doubt is kind of the engine room of, of my faith. Um, because what you end up finding is you get in, you start swimming around in your own doubt for a little while. And then when you discover that Jesus was actually hanging out there with you, mm. uh, that has always been the thing. So those two songs still haven't found what I'm looking for. It's like I'm on, there's all, we're all on this quest, right? This, this sort of searching for deep meaning in life. And we live in a period when 68 and a half percent of American workers say they feel disengaged from their jobs. I mean, mm. that's a crisis of meaning. And so to say, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, but there's some things that I believe that, that do give my life meaning. And I think so much of what Jesus was always doing was maybe helping people to find places that connected with what he was about, which was all, he was always about keeping it real, you know? Mm. And, and, and I think that's what music does. Music is the, the best music. And this is why secular music always worked for me is because secular music could go to those places that the psalmists went to that were so raw and that were so just guts about a situation. And that's in some ways, secular music felt more honest because they weren't constrained by trying to make uh, the Christian music industry happy, or they weren't constrained by trying to make somebody in the church feel like their doctrine was proper. They were just letting it all go. Hmm. And, so for me, I, I you know, I, and I've, I've kind of had some moments where I've come to this, but it wasn't long ago I had gone to Bonnaroo, which is the largest music festival in North America, 85,000 people you know, mm -hmm. get together on 400 acres in Manchester, Tennessee every summer. And, you know, you stand there and you're watching folks from different generations. You're watching folks who are there to see different genres of music and folks who represent a lot of different world experiences. And they're all clearly so into what they're doing. And, and, and it's not all drug or alcohol induced, despite the caricature. It's much more 
uh, sense of community. And when you watch these folks, me included, uh, pumping our fists in the air, you know, I'm a cancer survivor. And so pumping my fists in the air into singing a Pearl Jam song called Alive, which is a song about living for the moment and being grateful for the moment that no matter what I've gone through, I'm still alive. And standing around with 85,000 of your closest friends, pumping your fists in the air, you you get a sense that the same Holy Spirit that brooded over the chaos and created out of that is the same Holy Spirit that put the words in the psalmist's minds, and it's the same Holy Spirit that gave uh, the guys in Pearl Jam or, you know, shoot, I don't know, Chris Tomlin. Same gift, just used differently to express something different about the human experience and the human mm-hmm. understanding of, of spirituality. Um, I mean, I can't take away, despite... I mean, I would never hold up Pearl Jam as for Christian doctrine, but I do. I don't know anybody that would want to deny that their musical gift came from anywhere but the Holy Spirit. I agree. Well, let's take a quick break now, and then we'll come back and talk more about your radio show and have some other questions. But um, this is a good start, and so let's hear a word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Jane Boatwright-Wood, conference lay leader, and with 30 exceptional folks representing 1,100 local churches and almost 300,000 lay members, I serve on the board of laity, where we encourage and equip laity in their understanding and appreciation of their role in the church. The laity are Christ's church in the community and the world. The laity are the primary way new folks get to know Christ in the United Methodist Church, and that's how we fulfill the mission, to make disciples of Jesus Christ and transform the world. The United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina is a ministry of the church for the church whose mission is to build the church for generations to come. We fulfill this vision by investing in people as well as helping churches and related institutions invest the financial resources that God has given to them. My name is David Snipes and we look forward to the day when you give your United Methodist Foundation a call. And you can find out more about the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina by going to our show's website, which is umconnect.info. And so we're back with Jonathan Coppage Henley, and we've been talking about his musical influences and and faith and music. And so tell us a little bit about your uh, uh, Sunday night show called Road Signs. What, What is that all about? A long time ago, when I was doing one of my first field education experiences. I was a seminary student at Duke and uh, was driving back to Duke after having been in Mooresville. I was driving back and it was later at night, maybe 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. And I was really trying to make a lot of sense out of, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? And, you know, a lot of transitions that you go through. And, and, and I started doing what a lot of people do. I started channel surfing and in those days he you know obviously we didn't have satellite radio and uh trying to find something that would speak to some of the questions i was dealing with and i remember just being on the road at night and which for me took me back to when i was a kid my dad was a truck driver and Mm -hmm. i spent a lot of time on the road with my dad and and always used to map the distance of of where we were going by the road signs so i learned you know started reading the mile markers if i got bored on the trip and and so when we sat down and started looking for at what we wanted to do with the show, what we wanted to call it, I knew that what I wanted to talk about was lyrics. I knew I wanted to talk about and be able to play interviews with artists and to 
and to do different kinds of interviews with artists, to do the kinds of interviews where I don't just ask them about their latest party or give them a chance just to promote their latest album, but to give them a chance to talk about what really makes them tick, Mm -hmm. what really is important to them and where they find meaning in their lives and what's really important. And, and I realize that so many of these artists have so much to say and, we looked at a couple of names. The the radio station, uh, 106.5, is uh, they're called The End, W-E-N-D. And so I thought, okay, we'll call it The Deep End because we're doing deep stuff. And everybody at the, at the station loved it, thought that was awesome. And then it turns out that there is a show that does nothing like what I do, but it's a syndicated show, and it's on one of the other radio stations uh, in, the, in the Carolinas. And I thought, man, that's killing me because that was going to be perfect. And... You know, we looked at something like Crossroads, but that name has been, that word has been so overused. Mm-hmm. And so then I thought, you know, we kind of map our lives by the music we listen to. And songs give us an idea about what direction we want to move in or somewhere that we don't want to go. And then those times when you're just lost, it's helpful to have a sign that says you're now entering Charlotte or you're now entering, you know, whatever flood zone. And, um, it's and so it just it for me I thought okay that's really what music does and it's kind of like a road sign. Very cool. And so um, one of the things uh, that I used to run into when I was a young youth pastor and listened to a whole lot of music and uh, sometimes I would play that music for a youth group and I'd get that question from the older persons in the congregation. Now young preacher. Uh, that's the devil's music. Why are you playing that to our youth? What, what, what do you say to folks that uh, may have come back with the same kind of question to you? <laughs> well, uh, when I was in the eighth grade, my mother was desperately concerned that listening to the Eagles Hotel California was uh, that that was devil worship, and mm. so I, I had to sit down. I pulled out the lyrics uh, and basically wrote my mother an essay about how that whole album was a critique of greed and commercialism and overdevelopment of land and that it was about excess. Mm. And um, that helped my mother to see it differently. So, uh, you know, it depends on who I'm dealing with. There are some people who I'm just never going to be able to speak to on that particular question. Um, But for the most part, my, my short answer is always, do you believe that there's anywhere in this world that God does not inhabit? Mm-hmm. I believe God created everything. Um, and to me, it's kind of like if God is in everything, he who fills all in all, as the book of Ephesians says, uh, if Christ is, uh, is in all places, then I'm not so sure that we need to get too caught up in the difference between sacred and secular. I think that uh, we're probably a lot more torn up about that than God is. I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure we are, in fact. And I was going to say, say, I find it interesting uh, over the years that I, I have these tendencies toward bluegrass and country, and you know, I, they never called that the devil's music. It was only hard rock and uh, the stuff that was popular when I was a youth in the 70s and 80s. Um, but they had no problem with uh, some of the honky-tonk songs of uh, Hank Williams. Uh, they never called that the devil's music. And I always found that interesting. We always got into interesting discussions about, well, you like this, but this is really worse than what I'm listening to here. And uh, yep. it was always I fascinating think, to me. 
I think you're you're so on to something there, and and you know what uh, what's interesting about country music, for example, because I I love country music and I love Sturgill Simpson, Ryan mm. Bingham, Jason Isbell, uh, some of these newer guys who are considered sort of the new outlaw country guys. Right. I, what I like about them is that they are the folks who keep it real, and that's the the tradition of the psalmist is. Telling the truth, whether you know, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, whether it's pretty or ugly, they, you know, the idea is to tell the truth. Um, you know, and I think that the story to me is one of the ways that God has always worked through us. It's, it's through testimony. And there was this one time I was in a, I was in a, on a retreat, and uh, as a part of the retreat, there's a there was a, a powerful moment where everybody is is expected to come on their way to receiving communion, expected to lay down something uh, at the altar. Uh, so, you know, you could write whatever it was on a note and then lay it down. And while we were doing this, going through this, the music leaders started playing Desperado, the Eagles song. Hmm. Well, I, I was, you know, not, I guess maybe 10 years out of seminary or so. And I had been one of those folks who had always complained about uh, sort of, uh, it was it's weird for me to say this, given what I do right now, but and given how much rock music has always spoken to me, but I for whatever reason kept on I was really hung up on liturgical properness, you know, mm-hmm. making sure everything was theologically sound. They start playing Desperado and I started getting a little irritated and I thought, Well, how can you do that for this moment? Hmm. Well, that night we were getting ready uh, for another event, and one of the guys in the group uh, said, I, I need just to stop for a minute, and I just need to give a testimony. And my testimony is that, you know, for years, my best friends and I would get together on Friday night, and we would go out drinking and partying and never went home with the same girl twice. And our theme song every Friday night was Desperado. Hmm. And today, when those guys started playing that for communion, I felt like God was telling me it was okay to let it go. Hmm. And I thought, okay, who's the idiot here? Uh, that's, uh, you know, who's the Pharisee here? And it was like, wow, man, that was all pointing back at me. Really opened my eyes up to think again about that. And it, and it let me, it gave me such an amazing freedom, that guy's experience to think about how, to think about how Christ plays in 10,000 places, hmm. uh, to quote the 19th century poet, uh, Gerard Manley Hopkins. It's like, wow, you, you've even showed up here. This is amazing to me. Mm. Very cool. Well, you're the preacher. You're the general evangelist. I'm going to give you uh, one last shot here. You've got a minute, two minutes to give us your sermon. What What would you like for an audience listening to this you know, podcast about uh, faith and music? What, what would you like for them to hear before you leave? Um, in the book of Genesis, there's a great scene where Jacob is running away from his problems, and his brother is chasing him down, and he he's out there. He's he's living outdoors. Uh, he's on the run and goes to sleep, uses a rock as a pillow, and he has this dream where he sees these angels coming up and down on this ladder in and out of heaven. Well, he wakes up, and, and, he, and he hears the voice, right? Um, and... Mm. Uh, and he wakes up the next morning, and he and the first words out of his mouth are, and I think this is how the Revised Standard puts it, surely God was in this place, or surely God is in this place, and I did not know it. Hmm. 
And I start thinking about all the different places where God has shown up that I am sometimes almost shocked to find God. Uh, I was hanging out at, uh, there's a club in Charlotte, the world famous milestone club. And I was uh, there, a rock band was doing a photo shoot. And so I was there taking pictures for the radio station. And it's this place, the milestone club is a dump. I mean, it is an absolute dump. Uh, It's my favorite dump in the universe. It's awesome. And, so I walked over to the bar and saw a guy standing back there who clearly, you know, all the biker stuff, you know, the long hair, the long beard, the cut off sleeves, the tattoos, the piercings. Um, and so we started, we struck up a conversation and started talking and uh, I've always kind of liked alternative people, which is why I host a radio show on an alternative rock station. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, as we talked a little bit more, he finally said, so tell me what your day job is. I said, um, I said, do you really want to know? He said, yeah, man, there's no judgment here. I said, well, okay, I'm a United Methodist pastor. And he goes, cool, I'm ordained too. <laughs> and I was expecting him to say, you know, some out of the back of Rolling Stone, which was my first ordination when I was 16. And he said, no, I'm ordained too. He said, in fact, we used to hold church here on Sunday mornings. Um, hmm. And he started telling me, I mean, basically just started giving me his testimony. You know, or I got an email from this woman who said that she wanted me to play corn, which is really hard, dark rock music. Uh, it's kind of rap rock, and it's mm-hmm. just it's just hardcore. And I thought, what kind of grandmother wants this? So I said, tell me about your grandson. And when she did, she told me he was in prison. Mm-hmm. So I eventually went to visit her grandson in prison. And while I was at the prison, a couple of the guys uh, – said you know there are a lot of guys here who listen to your show on sunday night i said no nah, you're kidding i mean why would they he's like no we get our transistor radio we put our little ear our little earbuds in and and we listen to your show and I thought, well that's kind of nuts eventually i went back to the prison and they the the chaplain told me he said look you probably will only have about 20 people who will show up because we don't when we have programs we don't get that many people we had like 55 60 people show up in a maximum security prison, just to talk music with me. That was so bizarre, so strange to me, because I was just sort of doing what I do and didn't realize there was anything all that extraordinary about it. And, you know, probably um, an overdeveloped sense of insecurity uh, didn't know that, that there was anything all that special about talking about music. Only to realize that these guys, you know, I've done weddings for folks up there. I have had, I've exchanged letters with them. I've got some folks who will have their girlfriends or their parents or somebody or a friend to email me. It's just so, it's just been amazing to me that doing something that is so secular, surely God is even in this place and I didn't know it. And, And that's a way for me to be present with people that I could never be present with otherwise. They'd never come into a church. Right. But they'll talk about music. And they'll certainly listen to someone uh, spinning those discs. Or putting they, in uh, yeah, they, it's funny that the radio station has uh, kind of tamed its playlist a little bit. And mm. so uh, we've lost some listeners uh, from that harder rock group. But, uh, you know, I still go to some of those festivals and man, they want to talk about deep stuff. The, the fans do. I, even if they, see me introduce a band on the stage and then they see me come out from backstage folks will seek me out and want to talk 
And then when they realize that they've heard my show and what the show does, then they want to talk on a totally different level. And it, it's it's bizarre to me because it's not what it's not what they taught me at Duke Divinity School. Well, there was a lot of stuff they didn't teach us at Duke Divinity School. And, <laughs> you think? Uh, I, I think so for sure. But yeah. um, you know that that's what the life of ministry is about is you know figuring it out as we go. And uh, you have certainly figured it out. Uh, and this is you know one of those avenues where God shows up uh, if we're faithful. I believe that. I, I I think part of it, you know, in the case of Jacob, I, I think part of why he's such an interesting character to me is he's constantly seeking and searching um, and messing it up. Good glory. That mm. guy is a disaster half the time. And yet he can still wake up and just have that revelation. Surely God was here with me. And there was, uh, it's so out of the ordinary. No doubt. Yeah, and well, well I tell and, you what, yeah. we're going to have to cut this off because I've made these shows a little bit shorter. But here's the deal: we're going to uh, bring you back, and we're going to talk some more about this sometime in the future. I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. Me too. So uh, we'll be back next week, uh, connecting United Methodists and their stories. And thanks again for being on the show. Well, thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Good luck, everybody. Thanks to our sponsors the Western North Carolina Conference, and the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina. Find out more about them at our show's website, umconnect.info. You've been listening to Connect.